Broadway for Tuesday, March 26, 2019. I am Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway Stars, James Marino. James, um, yesterday we were talking about why, of all things, would SpongeBob SquarePants the musical be performing at the Kids' Choice Awards? Well, uh, our very smart and intelligent listener, Katie Rogers, emailed uh, to let me know that she had seen it uh, reported on social media somewhere that the cast was performing in honor of the late SpongeBob creator Steven Hillenburg, uh, which I did not know. But we, I think, we talked about this when he passed yeah. away. Uh, I think last year, so that makes total sense. So thank you, Katie, uh, for giving us that information. Uh, we really appreciate that. So there we go. Clears up one one mystery, and uh, we got another mystery cleared up yesterday as well. James, uh, what is that uh, goose? People don't need to be privy to what goes on in our text conversations, James. <laughs> okay. So what is the uh, other thing that needs to be cleared up? Um, it's the first story in the script. Ah, see, that we, <laughs> see, but that was cleared up for us weeks ago. Well, if people were paying attention. This is true. First up in the news, the Music Man revival announces Marion casting. Yes, James. Scott Rudin announced who will be starring opposite Hugh Jackman in the fall of 2020 in the Broadway revival of The Music Man. But eagle-eared listeners could have gotten the inside scoop back when Hugh's participation was confirmed as I was dropping some major hints or one major hint multiple times. Apparently, though, it was a bit too subtle uh, because no one seemed to pick up on it. Um, even you, I don't think, picked up on it, James. Uh, but uh, this is a Scott Rudin production we're talking about, so I was not going to make it as obvious as my waitress conjecture. One, because Scott Rudin is scary. And two, my Jeremy Jordan waitress thing was legitimately was legitimately just me guessing. This one, I actually had a little uh, inside information. So, James, let's flash back to March 14th. Marion, of course, is not an only child. She obviously has a younger brother named Winthrop, who's, what, seven, eight at most. So the actress can't be too old to make that age gap look weird because Hugh Jackman is 50. So when you cast a Marion, you don't want her to be much younger so that that looks weird. But then again, it's Scott Rudin. So if he can get the right star to play the role, it doesn't really matter how much younger the actress is, I suppose. So if you couldn't figure it out from those 30-ish seconds, playing the iconic steel-willed soprano Marion Peru on Broadway will be the noted body belter herself, star of the long-running TV show Younger. It is two-time Tony winner, six-time nominee, triple threat herself, Sutton Foster. In a statement, Sutton said, quote, There were bells on a hill, but I never heard them ringing. No, I never heard them at all till there was Hugh. Oh, that's such a Sutton joke, isn't it? Um, now, now, James, in part of my tease for Marion that I didn't include did not include in that flashback, I mentioned that I was a bit worried about the actress they chose being able to sing this role originated originated by the iconic, legendary, otherworldly soprano, the great Barbara Cook. Well, Scott Rudin, no less, understood the resistance that this announcement might find. So in an exclusive with The Hollywood Reporter, he said, quote, I've heard her sing it. I think she sings it better than anyone has ever sung it since 1957. He's talking about Cook. And I think she's going to be completely stunning in it in a way that people do not have even the barest understanding of right now. 
pretty high praise. So to me, James, I think that's enough to satiate me, you know, I guess until we hear her sing the songs, you know, full voice. Um, I don't expect one of the most well-known Broadway stars of the past 20 years to all of a sudden have this glorious hitherto unheard soprano. But when it comes to casting, I think I trust Rudin. Um, so I'll give her the benefit of the doubt. Also, because all the way back in March of 2011, Sutton sang a little bit of Till There Was You while in bed with Susan Blackwell on an episode of Side by Side by Susan Blackwell on Broadway.com, which you will be hearing now. There were bells on the hill, but I never heard them ringing. No, I never heard them at all till there was you. Oh, you get your nose back. Now, not exactly a crystalline soprano, I will admit, but she is lying in bed with an adult woman resting her head on her shoulder. So whatever, whatever. Anyway, the article also mentions that Rudin teases some exciting upcoming casting announcements for some of the other featured roles in the show. Personally, given the ages of of Professor Hill and Marion, I think that there really is only one choice to play Winthrop, James, oh. our former guest, Ethan Slater. I mean, I think that's got to be. Yeah, that's got to be it. Right. That makes perfect mm -hmm. sense. Um, <laughs> but I do think that based on how lovingly Rudin and director Jerry Zachs and choreographer Warren Carlyle constructed the Hello Dolly revival a few years ago, I don't think that there's any reason to assume that they won't do this one justice as well. But, James, if if Rudin's teasing future casting, so Mrs. Peru, Mayor Mrs. Shin, their daughter Zanetta, her boyfriend Tommy Gilles, Marcellus Washburn, do you have any great, brilliant casting ideas that you want to get on the record before we get the official announcements? Well, you know, now that you explain it, it makes so much more sense because I, I thought I thought that it was Hunter Foster. Uh, yes, he also uh, I don't know if he's been on. Has he been on Younger? He uh, he guest starred on uh, Sutton's TV show um, Bunheads, which mm. I loved. But yeah. So, uh, yeah, brilliant ideas for casting. Um, that's never my forte. <laughs> Speaking of forte. I got a new Kia Forte this weekend, James. You did. Is it red? It is not. It is the exact same car that I totaled a month ago, just four years newer. It's black. Ah, it's black. Men in black. All right. Uh, Goose, what do we got in last week's Broadway Grosses? If I'm Goose, that means I die, man. I thought I would. you had me Iceman in the gif you sent me earlier, so I, I'd rather be... Iceman than dead. Anyway, um, things looked pretty good last week, James. On the whole, Broadway rose 3.82% over the previous week, up to $34,204,242. While the boards picked up an extra show in Hadestown, it only played two previous or two previews last week, and there were some interesting reasons why other shows went down. So it's not like Hadestown's presence alone accounted for the nearly $1.5 million increase. However, it was a positive first couple shows for the Aeneas Mitchell musical Town, as those two shows played at 100% capacity and grossed 110.4% of its gross potential, bringing in $235,394 at the Walter Kerr Theater. In honesty, in honesty James, um, factoring Town in should have led to an even bigger week on Broadway as two of Broadway's biggest shows had weird weeks as Hamilton 
hosted an Edgehan performance, which none other than Lin-Manuel Miranda showed up for. And Harry Potter and the Cursed Child only had six performances instead of their normal eight. So that accounted for over $830,000 in declines just from those two ticket-selling phenoms in and of themselves. So besides those two big shows, Hamilton and Cursed Child, the only uh, only a pair of other shows dropped more than $20,000 last week. Be More Chill declined 51605 bucks week over to week. And Network dipped just a smidge over 33000 The other seven Broadway shows in the week-to-week read were all fairly modest amounts. Nothing that a few perfectly placed premium tickets can't solve. Of the 24 other main stem shows that were in the black last week, the biggest risers were all shows and previews, unsurprisingly. Burn This had the biggest increase as they moved from two to seven performances. The Lanford Wilson revival grossed an impressive $851,000 in those seven shows. Next was Oklahoma in its first week of previews. In seven shows, the very divisive R&H revival grossed $487,373. Then there was Town, followed by Hillary and Clinton at about four. 105k in seven performances ain't too proud which opened last week it moved up 152,000 to eclipse 1 million dollars for the first time in its broadway run at 1,102,218 bucks and then there was what the constitution means to me moving up 387,553 dollars in its first week of eight performances now james despite the eduham week hamilton was still on top with 2,949,405 dollars But the distance between it and the second place show this week, The Lion King, wasn't as big as normal as Simba and company grossed $2,128,000. Next was Wicked, To Kill a Mockingbird, Aladdin, Dear Evan Hansen, Cursed Child, just on those six shows, Frozen, Mean Girls, The Aforementioned Ain't Too Proud, Phantom, Book of Mormon, Come From Away, and Network in just seven performances. Those were all in seven figures. While last week it was reported that the prom got an infusion of cash to stay open through the Tonys, it also saw a small increase last week, picking up over 40K to come in at about 574,000. Beautiful also rose to over 645K. Waitress saw a really strong bump in Jeremy Jordan's first week, picking up an extra 98,000 week over week to come in at 712K. And Kiss Me Kate was at 726,000. While James, if we move uptown a bit, up to Lincoln Center, I- I'm not putting My Fair Lady on the bubble watch list just yet. But the show, which grossed south of 771000 has been above 800K. It uh, hasn't been above 800K since the week of Valentine's Day. And since the production began performances on March 15th of 2018, and I'm going to have you correct me if I'm wrong and explain this to me, James. Um, But I believe that they are now more than likely officially on a production contract instead of a LORT contract. We don't know that for sure. But can you explain how that whole thing works moving from a LORT to a production contract for a Broadway show? Well, it's the the contracts, the the LORT, L-O-R-T, League of Resident Theaters, uh, in essence, the nonprofit theaters get to operate under LORT, but the LORTs uh, in New York City, Manhattan Theater Club, Roundabout, Lincoln Center Theater, the nonprofit theaters, um, usually start their shows on a LORT contract, and at some point, they will convert to what is called the production contract, the standard Broadway contract, which is dramatically higher... Uh, 
pay rates uh, than the Lord contract. So we we are we don't know which contracts uh, you know um, My Fair Lady is on right now, but um, you know certainly uh, well into its run and having been extended, we can probably guess that it has converted to a production contract by now. Yeah, and that will dramatically. Alter the running contract, yeah. right? Exactly, they're running costs from week to week. So as the show has increased running costs, right now it looks like their weekly grosses are coming down. So where they meet in the middle, and how much um, Lincoln Center wants to allow those to get closer before they close them up and bring something else in, remains to be seen. Well, the Lincoln Center and Roundabout and Manhattan Theater Club have a little bit of a different situation because they generally own their theaters. Correct. So they're not going to get kicked out. And then what do they have in the pipeline ready to swap something out? So they they usually have a longer runway uh, of swapping things out. And you think about the Lord contract and how the conversion goes uh, when some of these uh, nonprofit theaters have enormous casts. Uh, and how, you know, mm-hmm. just, uh, uh, it, it's not like you're having, uh, a, a small cast show that doubles in price when you have a large, large cast and it doubles in price. It's, uh, really, really mm-hmm. dramatic. Yeah. Well, and, and really Lincoln Center is the main one that this really applies to Manhattan theater club almost never has anything that's open-ended on Broadway because they've packed so many things in. So they're not really worried about things extending beyond what the actors are originally contracted for. Now roundabout certainly has had um, open-ended shows in the past, but for the most part that doesn't happen one because one of their three spaces, the Stephen Sondheim has been booked for years with beautiful as a rental. And then in the American airlines and studio 54, they generally have things on limited runs. So really for the, for recent years, this really applies the most to Lincoln Center. So it's interesting to see how they navigate and kind of go between plays and musicals into Vivian Beaumont. They had Oslo in there recently, uh, King and I, um, uh, South Pacific, things like that. And all of those had fairly decent runs. So it, it'll be interesting to see how they play with this and if they do have something that they want to put into that space um, coming up whenever My Fair Lady closes, whether that's Labor Day after New Year's, 2025 who knows it'll be interesting to see how they make that adjustment into whatever their next production is yeah tangentially we talked about lighting the piazza yesterday mm-hmm. uh, and i i wonder if uh lincoln center has anything to do with that renee fleming production that is now yeah. traveling about so uh we I, I don't really know i just wonder so anyway next up in our thing we have what do we have in other news. Okay, so the latest Luntfontan residency was announced yesterday as a Russian-born pop star. Regina Spector will play the Broadway house on five dates from June 20th through my birthday on June 26th. Tickets go on sale for pre-sale today and then gen- to the general public on Friday. Uh, Regina Spector is great and probably the only one of the already announced residencies that I would go see, but not nearly as big of a star as Morrissey and definitely not as big as Yanni. So it's interesting to see how they're kind of managing these. These are not the Beyonce, Lady Gaga, Bette Midler type level stars that we were somewhat led to believe uh, initially. But anyway, next it was announced yesterday that St. Anne's Warehouse will host the U.S. premiere of Enda Walsh's new play, Grief is the Thing with Feathers. 
it will star a screen star. You know him from the Dark Knight trilogy, uh, Inception and Peaky Blinders, Killian Murphy. The production will begin on April 20th and is currently slated to run through May 12th. On Monday, we also learned that coming up in April, WNET will film a performance of Jeff Cohen's The Soap Myth, starring stage and screen legends Ed Asner and Tova Feldshoe. The one-night-only performance will be recorded for WNET's new All Arts 24-7 streaming service when that show becomes available for you uh, to watch online. As with all of All Arts' content, we will definitely let you know. And finally, last night, Monday night, the final performance of, of Second Stage's Musical Monday's concert series happened, and it was nice of them to announce the cast of their final concert about eight or nine hours before it actually happened. But the next to normal concert was staged by the original Broadway Run's assistant director, Anthony Rapp, who starred off-Broadway in the show or during workshops or out of town or something when it was called Being Electric, I believe. Um, and the concert actually featured the entire original Broadway cast, Alice Ripley, J. Uh, Robert Spencer, Aaron Tveit, Jennifer Damiano, Adam Chandler Barrett and Lewis Hobson, as well as a number of other folks. Amy Spanger, who played the role, um, I believe, on uh, on tours or maybe was an understudy or something, as well as Tamika Lawrence, Lawrence Clayton, Isaac Powell, Pearl's son and more. Now, James, I know that these concerts sold out like immediately um one because they were in a small venue and there weren't a lot of tickets open to the public this these were intended to be for longtime donors and contributors who helped them get to the point where they could purchase a broadway theater and renovate it um but come on i mean either announce the cast ahead of time so people can get excited or keep them a secret till showtime what's the point of announcing them less than 12 hours before the concert actually happens that just seems a little weird and cruel and thrown together for me but if you you know if you have to wait until the last minute to announce it don't announce it just make it a surprise everyone will be fine with that there are they bought tickets without knowing they'll be fine if they show up without knowing yeah and uh you know we haven't heard much from broadway hd recently i i, I really hope that somebody captured these concerts because uh yeah and you know these are you know once-in-a-lifetime events that are happening there, uh, and they could re-monetize them for second stage and things things along those lines. Uh, I hope somebody captured it, because uh, lots of us want to see those things that didn't yeah. buy tickets to the <laughs> concerts. Or or aren't major donors. Um, I uh, Speaking of Broadway HD, a, a lot of what they're doing, obviously, has been coming from the UK lately. I, I do believe that they're going to have some announcements about release dates on some things uh, coming up in the next month or two. Um, so, um, while not necessarily things that haven't already been talked about, they are going to give some specific dates on some other things. So, keep an eye out for that. But if you would like information on any of these stories that we talked about in today's show, you can check out the show notes in your podcast feed or at broadwayradio.com. Hey, you know who could buy these uh, tickets for second stage? Uh, who's that? Dr. Dre. You know, <laughs> he forgot that he gave $70 million to USC. And I, I I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, he he is... I have no problem. Look, I, I had this conversation with my brother, actually. For some reason, when hip-hop artists make it big in business, I love it so much more than if it's an actor, like... Jessica Alba has made a big business for herself with like organic stuff. 
great. I have nothing against Jessica Alba. That's fine. Gwyneth Paltrow, I have a lot of problem with with Goop. But for some reason, when people like Dr. Dre, who become, I think he's close to being a billionaire or oh, was at one he's point beyond a billionaire is he buying yeah. yeah because of beats by drain he yeah. sold it or whatever but like I, for some reason that just makes me incredibly happy but for when him to, to tweet that his daughter got into usc fair and square no jail time for him and then the fact that him and jimmy Iveen donated 70 million dollars for a new building on campus uh oops i mean you know not exactly the complete truth there <laughs> dre but uh i love me some dr dre and i love the fact that he is just running things now with all the but business things that he's done over time. Oh no, that's all. And he's uh, he's an incredible talent. Dre is an incredible talent. But I'm really hoping that his daughter wants to build a Broadway theater. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we could we could try to find if somebody wants to uh, adapt um, uh, straight out of Dre, Compton into it, into Dre a musical. Could, yeah, Dre should buy the Times Square Church. Oh, good. Probably yeah. good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He could write that check. Totally. We got to get it. Yeah. And then Dre's right. daughter can, you know, star in something. I don't know. I don't, is she an actress? I don't even know. I don't know. But <laughs> if anybody has a contact for uh, one Dr. Dre MD, please let us know. We'll, we'll make this pitch to him. Yeah. Dre on Broadway or the Dre Theater. I, I'm totally. Or, yeah. Or Broad Dre. Broad. Oh, I'm buying BroadDre.com <laughs> right now. <laughs> All right, Iceman, get us out of here. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, although I, I kind of think I'm maverick. But anyway, thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Matt. What does that make me? Kelly McGillis? <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I, didn't, I didn't say goodbye, did I? My name is James Reno from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for spending some of your Tuesday with us. It's uh, Taco Tuesday. Uh, and Matt and I will be back and talk with you tomorrow. Mm-hmm.